Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Black Urban America. How are you this morning? Uh, this show would not have a guest today, this morning. So you're going to have to listen to your host commentary. Uh, it's been a while since I did a commentary for a whole show. But that's okay. Uh, just a couple of things, just a couple of housekeeping. I'd just like to thank uh, Queen Mother for Real Media, E.I. Fola, for allowing me to to um, try to get uh, uh, guests, trying to produce new shows, trying to obtain sponsors for these shows, and for the most part, you have been so cooperative. And I thank the people for uh, uh, downloading the shows and what have you, and um, really providing support uh, for Queen Mother for Real Media. Uh, the shows that we have is the Queen Mother Roundtable, uh, the House of Worship, and Superior Power uh, uh, uh Black America, and, um, and Provocative Thought, which will begin... This Saturday at 8 o'clock, who will be hosted by Carl Snead from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Also, I'd like to thank one particular brother from Brooklyn. His name is Langston Smith for uh, really, really uh, uh, hanging in there with us. I don't know how long we have him because in September he'd go for his master's degree in public policy. The young man is very smart. And... Um, um, and there's some other people. If I forgot you, please forgive me. Yesterday was Dr. King's birthday. The celebration, well, he was born on the 15th, but we celebrated on the uh, second or third uh, Monday of each month. It had became, became a federal holiday. And me and uh, Langston were talking this morning. He said, wow, you know, people just focus on the same Area, which is uh, 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 I have a dream and I've been to the mountaintop. Doctor King, no, was not, uh, wasn't all about the dream, especially when he started uh, interacting with the brothers and sister from SNCC. Especially he, when he started interacting with brothers and sister who had different thought process. You have to remember. Uh, uh, Dr. King came from an area of a post-World War II, and the post-World War II was more about uh, integration. <clears throat> post-World War II was about uh, 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 working with um, with the dominant society. I don't like to call out the races and whatnot, but it, 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 the post-World War II for hello, hello. Am I still on the air? Yes, Kenneth, you're still on the air. I'm on mute. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, the the civil rights, the black folks that came out of World War II really want to assimilate the dominant culture that was running this country. The World War II black folks really felt that 
and simulating this lifestyle will bring our race up another level. Where will assess our race as be, gonna be, uh, uh, becoming equal, uh, justice, and prosperity, and the pursuit of happiness. But we all know that didn't happen. But I want to give you the mindset of the World War II, the post-World War II black man and woman. Because I grew up in a household with that, uh, thinking, uh, with that thinking process that we had to assimilate them. And I always thought as a kid, well, why? Why? Why we have to be like them? Why we want our schools to mirror their schools? Why we want our lifestyle lifestyle to mirror their lifestyle? In fact, there are people today in 2016 believe that assimilation is the right way to go. Now, I don't have any problem with that. But don't but don't forget about our ancestry. Don't forget about the African consciousness. You have to remember when Malcolm came back from Mecca, he said that we have to make an emotional, psychological migration back there. Not necessarily a physical migration, but a psychological culture migration back to Africa. In other words, we have to know who we are. For many uh, 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 centuries, for the past 500 years, we have been trying to fit in their world. But, however, they only let a small percentage of us into their world. And we have to uh, conduct ourselves in a particular manner in order to get approval from their world. Now, today's topic is uh, what I'm going to speak about uh, this morning is do we really belong in their world? Or we need to rebuild our own world. And if we need to rebuild our own world, how are we going to do it? You got to remember, Black Urban America is about discussing solutions to the problems that affect African Americans. Let's talk about what type of America are we living in. Let's talk about what laws and uh, democracy and justice. Who benefit from democracy and justice? How do we fit in in this whole system of democracy and justice? Is democracy and justice for us? Or do we really need equality from the dominant culture? Or do we need to have and focus on our own state? Now, I'm not talking about physical state. Our own state will be own democracy, our own economic and social status in the society. 
I mean, there are other cultures that don't go begging to Washington, D.C., or the state capital of their state and, and, and beg for equality and justice, a.k.a. the Chinese, a.k.a. the Japanese, a.k.a. the Jewish population. We are the only culture in this country that I understand why, because they are responsible for our state of being. Well, you know, how you can you go to someone that stole, kidnapped you, kidnapped you, held you hostage for hundreds of years, for generations, and ask them, can we be free now? It's just like an inmate going to a uh, to to the warden and say, "Oh, can you let me out of prison now?" Yes, we are in prison. We are in prison because we don't know who we are. We are in prison because we really don't know what strategy to utilize for a population that has been stolen and that has been held down for hundreds. Hundreds of years, we're, and we're going to discuss about this later on in the show. And there are laws and policies. There are laws and policies that make sure we only go let certain percentages of you out. With WD four, it's called the ten percent. We'll take your ten percent. We'll take it 10%. Let them live with us, work with us. You'll move up the ladder. You'll make policy with us. But we're going to forget about the rest of the 90% who are struggling today. Worst off in the 60s, worst off in the 50s, worst off in the 40s, and worst off in the, worst off in the 19th century. In the 19th century, there were black towns and black sections in America that were doing far better than white America communities. But, but, when we make strides, when we make progress without asking them, they even have a problem with that. They'll Burned down our town. They burned down our home. In fact, yesterday they had a lady from Oklahoma. They interviewed her like ten years ago. Had a lady from Oklahoma. She was a she was like five years old uh, in Oklahoma when they burnt down ten thousand homes in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I think that was Black Wall Street. I, don't, I think that was Black Wall Street. Well, Black Wall Street was in St. Louis. I, I, I really, I, I forget which state, which town, which city. But ten thousand homes. I mean, what kind of venom? What kind of larceny is in your heart? Well, a group of people want to burn down another group of people' homes. Churches, schools, stores, businesses. What what kind what kind of thinking is that? In fact, it's happening today. 
a young boy could walk in a church and shoot down nine black folks and prayer me in. They were praying. Go take them out. Go take them out. The Burger King, because he was hungry. And give him a bulletproof glass. Now that's real terrorism. I wonder what would happen if a black man were walked in a white church, shot down nine, nine white folks that's having prayer meetings. You think he would have been taken to Burger King? No, he would have been taken to the cemetery or the morgue. He would have lived to see another day. See, to, Amer- to Americas, Dr. King's speech uh, in 1967, he spoke at Sanford about the difference of the two Americas. Right, and today I'm going to try to break that down for you because, you see, there are many speeches that, that that Dr. King made that we will focus on. My favorite speech that he made was the one he did at his church in Atlanta. And I want to give a shout-out to Atlanta. They did a beautiful job. There was this cat named Dr. Morris that spoke at the celebration for Dr. King, oh, he gave uh, excellent. Actually, he, he's a professor at Liberty University, and he's a pastor. He's one of the revolutionary pastors, you know. And uh, he did a good job of breaking break it down. Dr. Dr. King walk through uh, uh, through trying to make a better place for us. And next month, we'll do the same thing on Malcolm's birthday. No, Malcolm's birthday is May. He got shot in February. I'm going to do the same thing next month for Malcolm. Take one of his speeches and break it down. But see, when Malcolm, his speech is already broken down in plain language for a sixth grader to understand. Dr. King was a little bit more uh, scholastic and, and, and scholarly, uh, even academia. Like Dr. Clark said one time, Dr. King could really speak good, but he really didn't know what he was talking about because he used these words and he put in words that, that flowed like a, a waterfall. It was very, very difficult to really, unless you got to hear the speech like five, six, seven times to really break break down what he said and then look up some words like, oh, that's what he meant. But I'm going to describe our America. And what's going on in 2016? And, and some of you might not be around in the 60s. Let's see, have really progress been made for the masses of black America? Or do we still have the same issues? In his discussion, in his speech of the other America, that's the name of the speech, the other America, he said there's two different Americas. One America has prosperity. Now, everyone wants prosperity. Everyone wants prosperity. When it comes down from the family to the community to the town and to the culture, everyone wants to make 
economic gains. And matter of fact, it's like prosperity is like in the Constitution, I believe, that everyone has the right to make it in this country. The education is one America gets some of the most progressive, excellent education. How about the education for other America? One America has this land of honey flowing through their communities. They don't have to worry about their children uh, 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 making it. They don't worry how, but they don't have to worry about their children receiving a good education. Matter of fact, an excellent education. In fact, there are more in a lot of cities, in a lot of urban areas. There are less money spent on black student versus their white student in the suburban neighborhoods. That's that's how it come in the eighties. There were black flight during the crack era. And it continues today. As soon as parents make a certain income, the first thing they want to do is move out the neighborhood, move out the community, and go where they live. Number one reason is because of the school. They may not want to live there, but they're thinking about their children wanting, when they get adults, having prosperity, having a good education. And also, where the land of milk and honey could flow through their family. So they can have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Are you really happy? Are you really, do we really have liberty for one America versus the other America? Also, by moving to the suburbs, by moving to their communities, by receiving the same education as as our counterparts, our children will have more of an opportunity to to climb the ladder in corporate America, to go to college, obtain a a a a realistic skills where they can utilize and become prosperous. They go that word get prosperous. And where what Dr. King said, they get the opportunity to, to obtain material gains as that America. And yes, again, there are those in our culture that have prosperity, an excellent education. I don't know if they're happy or not, or they have liberty, but they have opportunities to make progress for their family and material gains. You don't have to be a basketball player, football player, or a rapper, or R.P. singer anymore to buy that. 
or a mansion. All you have to do is to be prosperous, well-educated, and you can obtain that honey in the materialistic areas. That's one America. That's the America I guess that everyone wants to strive Will strive and and become part of. But let's talk about the other America. Let's talk about the other America that I'm interested in. Let's talk about the other America that I'm reaching out to. Let's talk about the other America when I speak to people from all 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 over the country, like my brother from Oakland, David Wise, from a new African community. Like my man from Mr. Newton from Chicago, from uh, 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 against, uh, uh, Association for Blacks versus Police Brutality. Like uh, uh, Miss Muhammad from um, from um, I forgot which from like the one I had, uh, 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 Miss Muhammad from Brooklyn from the Early Learning Center. Like uh, Sister uh, Fatima. All of these brothers and sisters, man, are interested in this other America. Well, let's describe the other America. Do the other America have prosperity? Do the other America receive a good education? Do the other America have land of milk and honey still flowing through their streets? Do other America has opportunity? Does the other America can obtain materialistic gains? Let's look at it for a second. The other America, as I looked at the statistics, and I, you know, I'm not in the classroom right now, and I don't want to read off all these statistics or what have you. But we all know the statistics. Twelve percent unemployment rate for the black man, while every other cultures are in low single digits. We are at twelve percent. For the black man, I mean the black man. I ain't talking about the black. I talk about the black man. Twelve percent unemployment rate. The prisons. We make twelve. We make up nearly twelve percent of America population, and make up eighty-five percent. Of the prison population, I forgot the sister name that wrote this oh excellent book called the New Jim Crow Laws that explained the eighty five percent the of eighty five percent of the prison population and the unemployment rate and the population. A prison going is are, are 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 integrated. Well, you know enough are integrated. When a black man doesn't have a job, and his when he come home for job searching, and his babies are hungry, 
this woman is telling you have to do something. What do you think that brother's going to do? He doesn't have a job. What's going to do? Well, I could think of two things off the top of my head that's been a problem since the early 80s. That's right, the early, 2016, and, 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 and I'm talking about uh, a phenomenon from the early 80s. What two things he's going to do? They're not legal. He's going to sling, I mean, going to sell drugs. All he's going to do is stick up. And usually that stick up is probably on his own car. He's definitely going to sell drugs to his own kind. Well, it's part of a destruction in black America. It's part of a despair in black America. Which now we don't even call black America community. We don't call black neighborhoods communities no more. We call them hoods. I give it a go to the hood. I'm from the hood. I never grew up in the hood. I grew up in a black community. Thriving black community. Right smack dab in the second largest urban city of that state in America. We had the same problem, but folks was focusing on trying to change their situation. The strategy, eh, I may not have agreed with it, but since, again, I'm going to say this, and I really want you to understand, the crack era of the 80s tore up a lot of black urban communities. Just like there was white flight of the late 60s when we went to war with the government. Well, there was black flight in the 80s due to the crack epidemic. The crack epidemic tore up a lot of families, destroyed a lot of uh, minds. People's lives were ended prematurely. Our women, that they could process change, which created the black fight. And there's another thing that is, there's another issue that really is involved with unemployment. Lack of skills, high rate of population in prison. It's poverty. Like I said earlier in my discussion, 10% of us are able to experience the proper prosperity, good education for our children. Uh, positive opportunities and materialism. 
And why I describe it to you is that it's capitalism. Capitalism breathes poverty. Capitalism breathes racism. Capitalism breathes colonialism. And sad, capitalism breathes great brainwashing of the masses. And what really affects a population of this America, which is black America, is our children. Our children suffers, suffers tremendously. As adults, we, we, we kind of know what's going on. And, and we may not understand the causes and the reasons. Why. Well, we should know the causes now. But we all have a different uh, uh, we all have a different mindset of what the causes and the reasons are. Our children with shattered dreams. I mean, I mean, no, well, I don't know about today, but uh, let's say ten years ago, you ask a five five year old, "What you want to be when you grow up? What you want to do? How you want to live?" Went to get nine ten. What you want to do when you become an adult? And usually. Positive responses. The inferior education the scars in their parents' state of being and the lack of the opportunity for their parents. They will have a difficult of reaching their dreams. Then their dreams become scattered. And then they're gonna look at the guy on the corner. Making money illegally and throw their hands up in the air because they can't read. They can't write like their counterpart in those other schools, in the other America, that could read and write and comprehend. Their dreams are shattered before they enter in high school. Well, I had a sister from uh, from Early Learning Center from Brooklyn. She explained to us that the test scores for, ele- for, for, for elementary school was so low. It was so low. A, a black child will have difficulties. Or have difficulty in making progress in their lives because they can't. Re- and these are reading scores and math scores. That's what the tests do. They test for reading and math. Then they say, "Did you say the school system is set up for our children to fail?" Because we learn a certain way, and the teachers don't teach. A certain way. That's when you talk, discuss the left brain and the right brain. So this whole educational system is set up for only one part of America. 
and I guess you could take 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 a hint on which America that that the educational system is set up for. Then, Dr. King talked about how you fought the. Excuse me. How you fought. Conversation. You got a lot oh, yeah. of background noise. Well, you at a yeah. party? Breakfast? No, no, that's on that other end. Uh, 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 the, the that's that other that end. That's on. like that other. That's that other America. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What can I help you with? Well, I wanted to just add something. Mm-hmm. Actually, inner city stu- schools do get more than rural schools in money. Because of okay. the formula. Okay. What's but, the formula? Well, since they don't have a property value, they have to come up with a formula based okay. on a lot of things. But mm-hmm. what, you, what you have to ask is what is the actual dollar that goes for classroom instruction? Uh-huh. See, they may get $20,000 per child. Excuse me, what's your name? But the, Who am I speaking to? What's your name? This is Pianchi. Pianchi? Okay. Yeah. But out of that $20,000, $8,000 may go toward the actual classroom instruction, which okay. includes teachers, desks, books, and so on and so on. Now, okay. here's another point, which you said is accurate. The schools are big failing machines. But <clears throat> the thing with black and you do have, you not only do you have two America, but you also have, two, all blacks are not the same. And you have no, different we're not. black we're not groups. Mo- we're, not, we're not a monolithic people. We're not a monolithic no. people. No. Right. Here's the thing. Whites are not going to solve that problem. And for the most simplest reason, then they will be, cor- they will be creating competition who's going to compete against their children. And no ethnic group is going to do that. Blacks themselves have to solve that problem. Now, I said that the blacks that's in these areas can't solve their problem because they don't know how to solve their problem because they came out of those same systems where today their children is not being taught anything and they wasn't taught anything. And you said earlier how to do analytical thinking and critical thought. Now, so you say, what is the solution? Well, there's a couple of things. One, blacks need to, to to demand full choice, full vouchers, so they can put their child where they think it's best for their child. Leave them in these failing systems. This discussion has been going on for decades. Black children are used as a commodity. Just like you need to have pork in order to have bacon and eggs, you have to have black children sitting in their desk for teachers, administrators, teachers unions to derive 
salary and wages, benefits and pensions, contracts, services. You understand what I'm saying? Hello? Yeah, what happened to this guy? Hey, he's still on. We're still I'm on. I'm still on. Yeah, you hear me? Yes. yes. I, can hear I can hear you, you now. Okay. Let me let me let me uh uh bring up another point. This brother, Doctor Uma Johnson. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I've heard him. He, I mean, he, 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 he that ain't gonna work. I ain't saying it's gonna work because people ain't got money. To, people don't have. Well, what he's talking about in that area it used to be a school that's not there no more. You have to ask yourself why. What happened to the kids? And another point: blacks don't have the money to support their own independent schools, which they do need. That's why you need to have. Vouchers, well, you take that money. That's that, like I said, that twenty thousand dollars. As a lady would tell me in the Cleveland schools, that twenty thousand dollars, they need to be able to take that money and go to schools where they can put their own children. Well, let, let be, me where let it's me best say, for them. Uh, Mr. Obanka, let me let me let me let me share something with you. Our consumer spending is one trillion dollars per year. That's a falsity. Well, I have an expert that's a host for Superior Power in Black America. He said our consumer spending is $1 trillion. Well, that can't be. The numbers don't even add up. The the average income for an African-American family is about $33,000. For singles, it's about $18,000. So a lot of money in this country. Yeah, for eighteen thousand. So if you multiply for it, if you multiply the people that spend, kids three and four and two years old don't spend. So that there is 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 not that there is not true. But besides that, you are paying for public schools to exist. That money that's going into those public schools, people should be able to take it and go wherever they want to go. That's the only solution I see. Before getting better education. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your comments. And what else? And what do you think about that? What do I think about it? Well, yeah. My well, you see, see, my thinking, my thinking doesn't matter. Matter. What we need to do is develop a strategy, a working strategy that's going to benefit our children in America, that's going to benefit us. Whatever strategy we come up with, well, we have to make up a strategy. We cannot no longer accept this as a way of life in our black neighborhoods, in our black failing schools. Black community organizers, black politicians, if they are down, uh, black businesses, all professions either come together and develop a plan, like Dr. Clark said, to develop a plan, a working plan that's going to be realistic to save it. Because not everybody can go to the suburbs. Not everybody can get these vouchers to go to these other schools. We have to reinvent. We have to really focus on ourselves and develop a, a, a curriculum, develop schools, that's going to benefit our children. But who's going to do this? 
Who's going to do this focusing? Who's going to do this focusing and come up with the strategy? The people in the city. Yeah, the people in the city don't have the ability to do that. Yes, we do. We could. If they would have, they would have done it a long time ago. But some of a lot of us is focusing on other areas that I spoke about earlier in the program. A lot of us, uh, if if we if we really take this as a priority, we are very intelligent people with different minds and different ways of how to to accomplish an issue. It's been done hundreds of times in in our history. Speaking of black history, it's been it's been done a hundred times in our history. It's just that we have became complacent in our way of life. We accepted the way we live, and then we take this defeatist attitude. Oh well, oh well. Uh, 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 well, think about we this. Think, that goal. think about this. In nineteen, it was it was in nineteen fifty four that they had the Supreme Court's decision by D. Seg and School. Yeah, I'm aware about it. Sixty one years later, you still got that problem. Back in in the fifties, blacks was not spending no one point three trillion dollars. No, so this stuff about billions. Then we were spending. No, you during King's time, he talked about twenty billion, and that was the sixties. So. It has nothing to do with. In the 60s, if it's twenty billion in the sixties, and this two thousand sixteen, you don't you think that it, it, it's possible that all sir, the black economists, all the black economists, said it's one trillion dollars. You know anybody? You know any single families in in your community? How much extra money do they have? <laughs> any single family led. Home, female-led home in your community. How much extra money does she have? But when you combine the resources, cooperative economics, then we could do. I got, I got to go now. I got to go. All right, and think about that too, because blacks are not the same. They're not going to combine their monies like that. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. But that's a that's a mindset that we have to change. You, ain't nothing wrong with their mind. I know where to find you. All I got to do is look for somebody talking about bad schools. You be there. <laughs> I see no, you. No, no, I, wasn't, I wasn't only talking about that. I really want to talk about the two different Americas. But uh, it's just been calling. But we have to be careful, folks, of this mindset that we can't do it. Don't you know the other America want us to think like this? Oh, that's that. That's that divine conquer mentality. I That's that divine conquer. Yes, maybe I can't do it alone, but if I can ten other brothers to come in with me, I could do it. Right now, I, I'm doing that right now, reaching out to small black businesses for support. And I'd like to thank Miss Solutions for being one of Miss Cunningham for Our World Solutions. Irene Robinson, our author, you know, these people are going to support us. No, you can't do it alone. Yeah, one family can't do it, but maybe 20 families could do it. But I ran out of time. I didn't even get halfway to what I want to talk about, democracy. Well, that's a subject for another show. As always, I am because we are We are because I am. Have a nice week, Black America.
I'm out.